the 2023-2024 offseason has officially begun. And surprise, surprise, it's another huge offseason for the San Francisco Giants in which they're going to be shopping at the top of the market. And the big question is, is going to be, can they finally come away with that star talent they so desperately need? You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. So check us out there if you have not already. And please hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you're following the show. And coming up on today's show, the World Series ended last night. Texas Rangers won it. Bruce Bochy, fourth ring. We got all into that late last night on yesterday's show that maybe you listened to on Thursday morning. I'm not sure, but be sure to check it out for full reaction to the Rangers and Bochi and what it means for the Giants and are there lessons for the Giants to learn there, not just with Bochi, but beyond that as well with how the Rangers got to where they were in winning the World Series. But now we turn the page as, you know, Giants fans, we turn the page to the offseason and it's officially begun. And I really just want to walk you through the timeline today of how the offseason is going to unfold. There are several key dates and deadlines, and they begin immediately. So right now, free agency officially begins for eligible players, and this means that they are removed from the roster of the team they finished 2023 with. And the thing is that right now, for five days, they are able to re-sign with only the team that they just finished the season with. So there's this five-day period where you can negotiate. You have like exclusive exclusive negotiating rights with your own free agents. And for the Giants, the, these are guys like Jock Peterson, Brandon Crawford. They really did it. They really don't have a lot of kind of critical free agents. And so this isn't really a period that I think has that much significance for the Giants. Yeah, let's see. It's Jock Peterson, Brandon Crawford, Alex Wood, and. Uh, Roberto Perez, Jacob Junis, John Brebbia, and Scott Alexander. So of that group, I mean, honestly, Junis, Brebbia, Alexander, those are the only guys who I could see the Giants possibly trying to work out a deal with. Um, of course, you could do like extensions of your own players who aren't free agents at this point as well. But You know, Peterson Crawford, there's no way in these next five days they're like desperate to go out there and get a deal done. I don't anticipate either player, frankly, returning in 2024. And so, but yes, there's this five day period that begins right after the World Series ends. So it began today. And, uh, Let's see what what else as of today trades of players on the 40 man roster are now permitted again for the first time since the trade deadline. So trade season is officially open again like I said officially. Um 
On November 5th, we get Gold Glove winners who are announced. Patrick Bailey is a Gold Glove finalist at catcher among only you know three finalists in the National League. He is one of them, and so that'll be something to look out for. November 5th, that is, I believe, a Sunday. So yeah, on Monday, we'll have reaction to that. And then November 6th, this is Monday, and this is the kind of day that we all wait for, and that is the beginning of true free agency. Free agents will be eligible to sign with any team. And it's also, critically, the deadline for decisions on club options, player options, opt-outs, and mutual options. And so this largely, this significantly affects the Giants because they have a number of players with options. And one is a team option on a player in Alex Cobb, who is, uh, he's just, I still haven't figured out what this meant when they said he will return to pitching in six months. Does that, I still don't know. Does that mean like he'll be ready to pitch in the, in the major leagues in six months or like he's going to start ramping up and like as if he was beginning spring training anew in six months? That's unclear to me, but that definitely factors into the decision. It's a $10 million club option for Alex Cobb, $2 million buyout, meaning if they don't pick up the option, they still owe him $2 million. So it effectively is an $8 million decision, not a $10 million decision. But I would say even more significant than that is are, are the decisions of Michael Conforto and uh, Sean Manaya and Ross Stripling. Michael Conforto, has the choice. He can say, you know what? I want to come back next year for $18 million. And it would be the last year of his contract. He, it would be a one-year $18 million deal. He has five days to make that decision. And it's an unknown. A lot of people have said they think he will opt out because of the weak, uh, the lack of depth and lack of outfield kind of talent in the free agent market and that he would be one of the best. And so even though he didn't have a great year, they could still see him opting out. I could I could see him opting in because uh, $18 million is a lot for a guy who he could just say, look, you know, it's $18 million and I could just go out there and try to have a better season. I liked being in the city. I, you know, the spring training facility is right near his home. And so, et cetera, et cetera, I could see him opting in for all of those reasons. So we'll know by Monday. Uh, and then for Sean Manaya, it's kind of similarly iffy to me. Uh, I would say maybe even more so as I think about it. Uh, it's uh, more likely than not that he does opt out, even though the final numbers for Sean Manaya aren't going to look pretty. If you kind of dig in and see what he did under the surface and kind of uh, in the middle of the season when he was out of that relief role, um, there was a lot to like there. It was kind of, you know, Kevin Gosman pre-Giants-esque where there was a lot to like about the pitcher and then he comes you know, to the Giants and it all comes together for him. And then he became a $100 million pitcher. So I'm not saying that's going to happen with Sean Manaya. Although, you know, previously in his career, he's at times been close to, I mean, he's been a really good pitcher at times and uh, really was intrigued by a lot of what he did in the middle chunk of the season. Started off so poorly and the numbers never really fully recovered. 
but was good for long stretches of the season. Ross Stripling has straight up said, I didn't pitch well enough to opt out. So uh, I hate to say it like this, but like the Giants are stuck with Ross Stripling for 2024. It seems like, but officially that decision will come down by Monday. So Conforto and uh, Manaya and Stripling, and then the Giants decision on Alex Cobb, all of that has to be done by Monday. So a lot, you know, going to happen here. Today's Thursday and, and Monday, you know, so we only have a, like one more episode before all of that news comes out. And so lastly, on Monday, also, it is the deadline for teams to decide whether or not to issue qualifying offers to eligible players. And that deadline is at uh, 2 p.m. Pacific time. So I'm guessing the option decisions uh, must be made before then because you could issue the qualifying offer to a player who rejects or like opts out. For example, um, you know, not Conforto because he's he's not eligible to receive the qualifying offer. Eligibility is simple. You can't get one if you've ever gotten one in the past and you can only get the qualifying offer if you spent the entire season with that one team. And for Conforto, he's received one in the past. And the qualifying offer this year is going to be $20.325 million. It's the average of the top uh, 125 highest paid players in the league on a given in a given year. So this year. Um, and anyway, the Giants have been super aggressive with qualifying offers, giving this to players, which is an offer they have several days to consider it. So coming up in just a minute, are they going to give any of these guys qualifying offers? And uh, what is the deadline for those decisions to be made for the player to decide whether or not to accept it? They've been the most aggressive team in baseball giving it out. Are they going to do it again? So we will get into that conversation. And the re- talking about the rest of the offseason, there's a lot more to get to momentarily. And before we do, today's episode is brought to you by our extremely good friends over at FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Uh, I'm currently looking at the Super Bowl odds right in front of me. And the Niners are the third. Uh, there's two teams, the Eagles and Chiefs tied for the, you know, f- to be favorites at plus 500. And the Niners next at plus 600. And so I don't know. I don't know if you see that as a good opportunity or not, but the Niners are a good team. Obviously started great and then little blip in the road here these last few games. But, um, you know, you can check out that the Warriors, and so much more at FanDuel. So again, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and just kick off the NFL season that's now in full swing. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, as promised, we are going to get into the, like I said, the qualifying offer. Are the Giants going to give it to any of these players? They've been so aggressive with this, and it's how they've retained a lot of players. I think this year might be different. 
I think this year is maybe the year where they don't issue the qualifying offer to anybody. I'll explain why. Uh, thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day, every dayers tomorrow on the show. I kind of hope to get into a mailbag again. We typically do those on Fridays during the off season. I also tried a live show last night. I wasn't happy with the video quality, so I'm still still trying to work out the kinks. But look out on Twitter for a prompt. I know it's late right now at the time of this recording, but look out for it and we will get to your questions. I also want to talk about the coaching staff, which we still don't know, but I expect that to come into focus any day now. And so if we get news of what the coaching staff for under Bob Melvin is going to look like, we will talk about that extensively. That's going to be the first priority as soon as we hear anything kind of official. So the qualifying offer, it's again, it's set at a it's a set amount. It's the average salary of the highest 100 the 125 highest paid players in the league each year and this year that number comes out to 20.325 million and that's an increase over last year it was like what 19.6 i think it was last year so it should it should go up every year kind of due to inflation and so it's hefty. I mean, 20 million bucks, but it's a one-year offer. And again, eligibility is that you've never received one before and you spent the entire year with one team. And only that team can give you the qualifying offer. And the deadline is uh, that uh, uh, November 14th. So the they can Monday the 6th is when teams must decide whether or not to issue the qualifying offer Monday the 6th and then Tuesday the 14th is when uh, players who receive the qualifying offer have until that date at one o'clock Pacific to assess the market before deciding whether or not to accept it. And so during that time, as I said, five days from now, uh, these players even if they receive the qualifying offer, they're free agents. So they can talk to other teams, gauge the market and figure out, is this a good deal for me? Is this the best I can do essentially? And for the giants, they've, they've been so aggressive. Like they gave one to Jock Peterson last year. They gave one to Brandon belt. Uh, A couple years ago, they gave one to Kevin Gosman coming off just the short 2020 season. He, turned in a phenomenal 2021 and so it's worked out for them the belt one i think worked out for the i can't remember was it ahead of the down year for belt that they gave it to him i think it was so the last two times it hasn't really worked out as well as the first time i believe that's the timeline of it uh and but they've they've been like the only team i think there's i can't remember exactly what the numbers are but Almost every player who ex- who gets a qualifying offer rejects it. But for the Giants, they have had a very high rate of players accepting the qualifying offer because they're so aggressive with it. It's kind of like a little bit of an overpay or even in some cases a significant overpay. But the advantage to the Giants is they get the player they want and it's only a one-year deal. And that's kind of the Jock Peterson story from last year. But I would say ultimately... Like if they could do it again, they they shouldn't have done it, and uh, it didn't end up 
looking like a good decision. In hindsight, a lot of people didn't like the decision at the time. So will they do it this year? So the eligible players like are you know free agents of theirs, and so Jock Peterson got it last year, so he's ineligible. He can't. They can't give him the qualifying offer, and they won't. Even if they could, they wouldn't. Uh, Brandon Crawford technically uh, could receive the qualifying offer, but twenty million dollars for one year of Brandon Crawford is out of the question. He's not going to get it. So then we look at uh, Alex Wood. I don't believe he's ever received one before yet. There's no way they want to offer him one year and a little over $20 million. So uh, the real question, and Conforto, like if he opts out, he can't get it either because he's gotten one in the past. So then we're really looking at Sean Manaya as basically the one candidate here to potentially, and again, it would be aggressive if, if he opts out um, and they offer him the qualifying offer, it would be, it would remind me a lot of the Peterson decision where it's like, whoa, $20 million for Sean Manaya, but like there's upside. Like I mentioned, the performance underlying numbers were intriguing in the middle of the season. He was pretty much dominant for like three or four months in the middle of the season. And, you know, Alex Cobb is injured. And I don't know exactly the timeline. So Sean Manaya is someone to watch here for an opt out followed by potentially being issued a qualifying offer. And again, we'll know all that by Monday. And then once that happens or doesn't happen, if it does happen, we'll talk about um, whether or not I think he'll accept it after he gets it or not. So anyway, after that, things kind of quiet down a little bit. The general manager's uh, meetings happen in Scottsdale, November 7th through the 9th. The 13th through the 16th are the BBWAA awards, like Rookie of the Year, uh, Manager of the Year, Cy Young, and Most Valuable Player. I don't, I don't believe they've announced the finalists for those. And so, you know, Logan Webb, I think the only player who would be, I guess Patrick Bailey is a possible Rookie of the Year finalist. I kind of doubt it, but Logan Webb could be for sure a top three National League Cy Young Award finalist. I don't believe they've announced who the finalists are yet. And so that's something to look out for. And if any of them are finalists, we'll talk about it on the show. So then, like I said, um, the qualifying offer decisions then are due on the 14th. And uh, yeah, uh, teams basically also worth noting that if a player gets the qualifying offer and then rejects it and then signs with another team, let's say the Giants give it to Sean Manaya and then he rejects it and signs with another team uh, later then the Giants would receive draft pick compensation for losing that player. And that's one of the benefits of handing out the qualifying offer. Now, on the flip side of that, you know, a lot of the best players are eligible for the qualifying offer, like Shohei Otani. And it's just, this is what I said, most players who get the qualifying offer, there's no chance in the world that Shohei Otani would say, you know what, I'm going to bypass that, you know, 400 plus million dollar contract that I'm for sure going to get. And instead I'm going to take one year and 20 million. There's just no chance of that happening. And so he'll reject it. And then if you end up signing that player, 
you end up forfeiting a draft pick yourself and the angels in this case would get draft pick compensation. So that's um, one of the factors to consider when we're talking about the qualifying offer. And then we continue on the 14th of November is rule five protection deadline, which is a big deal. Um, Teams, uh, players that are eligible for the rule five draft which is like how the Giants got Blake Sable. The Rule 5 draft happens at the end of the winter meetings and basically players who are not on 40-man rosters but have essentially been in the minor leagues with an organization for a number of years are Rule 5, are Rule 5 eligible and other teams can simply take them from you. Uh, and the caveat is they have to be on your roster all year or else they're offered back. And... For Blake Sable, he was on the roster all year, so the Pirates lost him to the Giants because they didn't add him to the 40-man. He was Rule 5 eligible. He was taken by the Reds, and then the Giants traded for him. Um, and now he belongs to the Giants, and there's no more of these weird rules. He gets you know all these minor league options and all that. So anyway, Giants have a lot of decisions to make. And as that November 14th deadline, I mean, we're talking like... November 14th, that's less than two weeks away from now, they have to make these decisions on adding guys who are Rule 5 eligible uh, to the 40-man roster to protect them. Because if you're on the 40-man, they cannot be taken in the Rule 5 draft. So that's going to be a big deal, and we'll talk about who's eligible and what what's going to happen. And then once it happens, we'll discuss what the Giants ultimately ended up doing. So anyway... Coming up in just a minute, one of the next huge deadlines, which is just a few days later. The offseason, it really is like a lot does happen in November, even though a lot of free agent signings don't happen. All these, all this kind of, uh, you know, just these little deadlines that, that are important and significant happen. And then the big uh, shebang, the uh, winter meeting. So coming up in just a minute, we'll get into the rest of how the offseason is going to play out, what the Giants must accomplish as all of this goes on, uh, we will get into it in just a minute. And before we do. All right, as promised, the rest of the offseason kind of timeline, this is there's all these like I'm blanking on the word for it, but like logistical things that need to get taken care of, like just business items and but but they're significant especially to a team like the Giants like I said that's aggressive with the um with the qualifying offer the 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 fact that they have all these player options that need to get that get sorted out and it'll you know it's a lot of money like if Conforto opts in we know Stripling opts in if Manaya opts in that's a lot of money dedicated to these players whereas if say Conforto and Manaya opt out that's a lot of money freed up that you can theoretically then spend elsewhere and so it's very significant and we'll know in you know by Monday about that so thanks again by the way for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day I've been joking making it your last listen every day because we've been doing these episodes late in case you somehow have missed it because I've been saying it every day. I just moved. If you're on YouTube, you can see my background. It's not up to the standard I would like yet. I'm working on that among a zillion other things as this move has been insane. But continuing on, I think uh, we've got... 
the owners' meetings in Arlington. This is important just in a general baseball sense and also relevant just to the Bay Area sports scene in general. But the owners are going to vote on the A's planned moved, uh, move from Oakland to Las Vegas at this year's uh, owners' meetings. And so that, that, as far as I understand, would be official. And that's November 14th to the 16th. The A's move into Vegas could become like official business uh, in, in a, in a matter of just a couple weeks here. And so, and from what I understand, it's like a formality that this is going to be approved. So that's a, that's a major deal around here. And I feel bad for A's fans in Oakland for sure. But, you know, that's not the, our, this is locked on Giants, not locked on A's. So we continue on November 17th, the tender deadline, the non tender deadline. These are t- two different ways of saying the same thing. Basically, uh, teams have to decide whether to, whether or not to tender a contract to arbitration eligible players uh, and pre-arbitration. They can non-tender pre-arbitration players too. Uh, they don't have to agree to a salary, merely whether to keep the player on the roster or not. Players that are non-tendered become free agents without being exposed to waivers. And by the way, I'm reading through this timeline as like I'm often quoting MLB trade rumors, just FYI. Uh, they have an off-season timeline article piece written up, and I'm just like reading through it here. So credit to them and uh, Dara McDonald for putting this together. So the Giants arbitration-eligible players is significant. Uh, there's a lot of them. J.D. Davis, Austin Slater, uh, let's see, um wait yeah so sorry austin slater jd davis mike estremsky lamont wade jr tyler rogers and tyro estrada and so already mlb trade rumors has put together estimates for what their salaries would be and so this is always kind of hard to explain but like it said in that little write-up that i read they don't have to agree to a salary right now it's simply the team saying whether or not to keep you on the roster. And then later we will determine your salary. And then these estimates end up being pretty accurate uh, via the arbitration process, like what their salary will end up being. And these salaries are below market value. That's just how arbitration works. And so it doesn't mean that's what the player is worth per, per se. It means that's what, that's what they're worth at this point in time, depending on where they are in their arbitration years. And you have three arbitration years. Some players get four arbitration years. And the earlier you are, the less you get paid. The later you are, the more you get paid closer to your market value. So the estimate for Austin Slater is a mere 3.6 million. Uh, And so even if you are like, I don't like Austin Slater, 3.6 million is such a bargain for the production that he provides. Even if it's, he's an imperfect player, it's $3.6 million. Uh, so that seems like an easy decision to me. J.D. Davis, a little bit of a tougher decision at $6.8 million. Again, this is an estimate. Mike Yastrzemski, $7.3 million as an estimate. Lamont Wade Jr., $3.3 million as an estimate. Tyler Rogers, $3.2 million as an estimate. Tyro Estrada, $4.8 million. Uh, with two more arbitration years, I've called Tyro Estrada an extension candidate this offseason, I believe. But those are the guys. Those are the six players for the Giants who are arbitration eligible. I would call 
I suppose J.D. Davis may be the most uncertain because they might want to upgrade at third base. And if he's not an everyday player, is he worth $6.8 million? I think they tender contracts to all six of these players personally. Even if they're not the centerpieces of the team, they're still like quality complementary players. And you need those guys. And these are very reasonable projected salaries. And so continuing on, I mean, that. so the Giants have to make that decision by November 17th, which is like just over two weeks from today. And then uh, the next big deadline is the winter meetings, November or December 3rd through the 6th in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, this is where a lot of action happens. Uh, Aaron Judge signed at the end of the winter meetings. We had Trey Turner. It was kind of a ton of activity at last year's winter meetings. Often it's just an explosion of activity right before, during, and right after the winter meetings. Giants, you know, agreed to terms with Carlos Correa shortly after the winter meetings. Like I said, the Aaron Judge situation, the tweet that the Giants were getting Judge took place at the winter meetings. And so this is very much a key time especially with the Giants again figuring to be shopping at the top of the market and will they finally come away with someone when I say you know what the Giants need to accomplish I think they need to have a good offseason then they need to bring in some high-end talent and I think they're going to try again and so the big question is will they actually come away with some impact talent and if it's not through free agency perhaps it's through a trade perhaps it's both uh, it's it's just going to be a fascinating offseason. It sounds like deja vu. I basically said all of this same stuff last year. And they, they did go out and make their best effort to bring in high-end guys. And they even agreed to terms on a $350 million contract with a player. Uh, and it just, it just seems like horrid luck that it fell through due to a failed physical, which, you know, it's just awful. And but Correa, he did end up having a down year, but still, um, it's it still stings, even though we're about a year removed almost at this point. And so, anyway, there's the Rule Five Draft, there's a draft lottery, there's the international signing period closing, there's there's other stuff that happens, but th- that's the major thing, like leading up to the winter meetings, basically a month from now. Um, and so a lot to happen before then. And that is why this this show, Locked on Giants, is there for you every weekday uh, to break all these things down. So anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen or last listen, like I say, uh, every day. Every dayers tomorrow on the show, we're going to be getting into some more mailbag questions, perhaps like in response to some of the things we talked about tonight. Uh, you know, tender decisions and all that and opt-outs, opt-out decisions and all that. And then, of course, there were a lot of questions last time about the coaching staff and I haven't answered them yet uh, because I think any day we're probably going to get official word and I'm just kind of thinking I want to wait on that. But uh, if you ask questions about the potential coaching staff, we'll probably get into some of those tomorrow as well. So anyway, Hope you enjoyed the show. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot. So thanks in advance and thank you to everyone who's done so already. Can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. Today, you are now Locked on Giants.